Welcome back to another episode of Authentic Influence. I'm your host, Adam Connor. When you think about insurance, specifically the experience you have when researching it, getting it, claiming it, how do you feel? What words come to mind? Because I'm sure that two words that you might hear out of today's guest would be surprisingly painless. I'm joined today by Mark Pitchford, the Chief Sales and Marketing Officer at eSurance, and I'm so excited to dive into the topic of how he builds authentic influence through his marketing and storytelling every day. Today, you'll hear us dive into a number of important topics, including Mark's journey to join eSurance and what about the organization drew him in, how he works every day to place the customer at the center of eSurance's efforts and the guiding principles he uses to do that, how being a direct-to-consumer insurer enhances eSurance's ability to develop one-to-one personalized relationships, how Mark leverages eSurance's consumer base to grow this influence, some tips on how to become more authentic, and finally, I had to throw in there what Mark loves the most about their newest spokesperson, Dennis Quaid. So tune in for that towards the end. As I said, I really look forward to having you listen to this interview. I think that Mark's enthusiasm for the job, for the profession, and for his quest to become more authentic through eSurance's mission shines through brilliantly. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy our conversation with eSurance's chief sales and marketing officer, Mark Pitchford. Okay, I'm very excited today to be joined by the Chief Marketing Officer at eSurance, Mark Pitchford. Mark, thanks so much for joining the show today. How are you? Great. Thanks, Adam. No, it's my pleasure to be here. I'm so excited to chat with you because a couple of reasons. One, as a leader in the insurance industry, making the process as your current slogan goes, surprisingly painless, is of intense interest to me, and I'm sure many people who find the process painful, but also because I'm interested in going into the details of being a direct-to-consumer in the insurance space. That wasn't necessarily something that I put together immediately, but now that I think about it, I'm sure it has lots of great implications for the way that you market and the way that you co-create with, uh, with your fans and customers and potential customers. I can't wait to dive into all of that, but I want to start by talking about your journey to join the organization. I'd love to know uh, how you came to join eSurance and, and what specifically about eSurance drew you in. What, what inspired you to lead the movement forward? That's great. Um, great question. You know, I've had an opportunity. Most of my career I spent on the, in the telecom industry. So AT&T, CenturyLink, and then some VC startups. Um, and one of the things I always loved about the opportunity with those companies was your interaction with customers, that direct interaction and pretty much immediate feedback when you're doing marketing, when you're servicing, when you're selling and interacting with the customers, that feedback on how you can make things better and turn things around. And when the opportunity came up to join insurance, I've never really pictured myself in the insurance industry either. Um, but here was a company that was founded on a concept of doing things differently, modernizing protection, um, launching on the web, um, really as the first company doing insurance on the web and doing it direct and having this, that same opportunity to directly connect with customers and really disrupt an industry and look at things differently and how it could be done better and how you could do it with 
more modern technology and experiences um, and, and really serve a customer differently than they've been served before from the insurance standpoint. So I know that when you talk about insurance being surprisingly painless, I would think that that contributes in some way to the broader trend of people being underinsured, especially uh, younger folks, millennials uh, and Gen Z, folks who aren't choosing to protect all of their assets or maybe just some of their assets. And so that's why I'm in part so excited to be able to talk about uh, specifically that topic of making the whole process surprisingly painless with you. I'm especially curious about how you work each day to place through your experiences the customer at the center of your efforts because obviously it's got to start there in order to convince anybody that that this process really is surprisingly painless as you say I'm sure that you need these real life stories and that it's not only nice to have as a way of building as the show goes authentic influence but also I would think a necessity it's a core foundational effort so I'm curious how you do that currently each day to, to place that customer at the center uh, of your efforts. Maybe that also includes some some guiding principles that, that you've personally employed to make sure that insurance gets better at it each and every day. Well, Adam, maybe I can just start with a little bit of story about how we got here, because I think that kind of leads to even why we believe that Surprisingly Painless was the right focus and how we interacted with our customers to get to that. You know, we'd we'd always started with this concept of, you know, I said sort of using modern technology, modern experiences to deliver insurance differently. And what we had heard from our customers throughout, one was the importance of always being able to save money. You know, insurance is one of those things, one of those very strange products where it's a product that you know you need to have because you need to be protected in, in case something bad happened but you hope you never use it. Um, and it's, so that's a really strange product to talk about to start with. And so the struggle of what's the value um, in what I should pay for it um, in something I hope I never need to use is this means that, you know, saving money sort of is the core to people switching. So we had sort of become known for two things, um, innovation and low prices, because that would have been kind of the core. Now, the challenge really was for the industry as a whole was, um, and for that brand position was, innovation didn't really mean anything unless it delivered a value. Hey, it's great that you have these cool things, but what does it do for me? How does it make my life better? And the... um, great value or cheap, if all you're selling on is price, it's really hard to show why you need different protection or more protection or why you, uh, and so that whole conversation with customers around the coverages they should have and what kind of insurance they should have, um, kind of just devolves into a price. So part of what we did was go out and the, really the foundation of we had sort of completely relooked at our brand position and what we stood for really beginning in early 2017. And it started with a lot of customer research around what is it that we need to do differently to make our um, experience better. 
So it was really sort of our first focus was on how do we remove the pain points of things that we do? How do we make things easier? How do we reduce the number of questions that we ask? How do we make it feel uh, more transparent in a relationship? And as we started kind of knocking, getting customer feedback on a daily basis and saying, what's the next top pain point to go after? What else do we need to change? And getting into that, really leveraging the voice of the customer to change who we were, it became clear for us that there was an opportunity in the market that said the whole industry is one that's right for change and the experience that customers have with the industry. And so there was an opportunity to go beyond kind of just fixing our pain points and go to what are the pain points of the industry that we could address and therefore really stand out. And what you really hear when we talk with our customers is are, are really three things. You hear that insurance as a whole is complex. It uses complex words, it uses jargon, it's got lots of different options and coverages that don't make a lot of sense. I mean, you hear terms like comprehensive insurance and you're thinking, oh, comprehensive, that's everything. And yet it isn't, it's a very narrow coverage. Or you hear people say, I want full coverage, which actually isn't everything and actually doesn't really even exist, but it's some of these terms that have come out there. So people found it complex, confusing. And then they're like, I don't even feel confident in the choices that I'm making. And am I getting the right coverages? Am I choosing the right things? Am I going to be protected if something bad happens? Or am I going to have made a mistake in my choices? Um, and then not be able to recover the way I expected. And because it's sort of um, confusing and complex, it feels really expensive. So obviously one solution that customers go to for that is they get an agent. So they go to a local agent who can sort of take care of all of that for them. But so many Gen X, Gen Y, millennials don't want to do business that way. They want to do business direct. They want to do business digitally. So we saw this opportunity that said, how do I turn the complex, the confusing, and the expensive into something that is simple, that's, that's transparent, that's affordable? And in that kind of just turning things around, that's where we came to in fact, it was really the words we heard from our customers as they described it, and they described it as painful. So how do I turn that around and make it painless? And in doing so, it's surprising. And that's really how we came to a brand position of saying, making insurance surprisingly painless, um, and really defined both externally and internally a journey on how do you make insurance simple? How do you make it transparent? How do you make it affordable? And that has sort of become the rallying cry for the whole organization and the journey we're on as to what we need to focus on and why. And obviously, now getting back to your sort of original question, the only way you do that is to 
constantly seek feedback from your customers and input from your customers um, and from consumers in the industry as a whole to say, what do I need to go after next? What doesn't make sense? Um, what words don't make sense? How do I explain them better? What processes don't make sense? How do I make them easier and quicker and smoother? Um, what questions do I ask you that you're like, I don't remember whether I had an accident five years ago in April or May, right? And those would be the kind of questions we'd ask, but that data is readily available, so why don't we just go get it? So those are the kind of things that really have now led us to, to really every day we're doing you know, ongoing customer surveys, both you know, transactional surveys, just overall customer satisfaction surveys, but there's always the question of what else could we do better? What would make a difference? Um, and then we're feeding that back into um, an internal kind of view of what do I need to change? Why do I need to change it? What do I need to, to make better? And now we're starting to extend that same conversation into social, into our blogs. So we're starting to tell the journey as well that we're on. And again, ask for that feedback and engagement from our consumers to say, help us make it even better because we know we still are on that journey. So how do we keep, um, and it's probably a lifetime journey, but how do we keep um, delivering on a commitment of making insurance surprisingly painless? To strive for that continuous improvement and having that conversation and to, to just have the will to get better every day by getting simpler, I think for this industry is especially important, but also uh, within you know the context of what you're currently doing today. Uh, Really excellent. Thank you for giving that. What I would say is full coverage of an answer, and I mean it when I say <laughs> it by the true definition of the word. Uh, I, I do want to ask about now that you talk about social and asking questions and getting feedback, how does being a direct-to-consumer insurer um, enhance or, or how is that ability different to develop one-to-one, like more really personalized relationships? You know, I think about that in maybe what some of the younger folks in America might think of as the old style of building these relationships with insurers through your agent, right? But you have a totally different medium of the way to do this and, uh, you know, and different interests from these people. But how does that approach actually play to your advantage, um, you know, and, and in terms of building that one-to-one personalization? I'm curious to hear your thoughts there. Yeah, no, I think we're actually very lucky in that way. Um, because, you know, a lot on... Um, when you have an agent in between the company and the customer, that agent can mask a lot of the ills of the company, but it also is a lot harder for the company to understand um, what's the what are the real pain points, what's the real feedback, what are they hearing every day. We're really lucky because being that direct to consumer, you have a much more a much more direct interface. Um, whether that be digital or over the phone. So, you know, we handle, oh, probably 4 million calls um, a year um, just in our sales and service teams. And so you get to hear from your customers every day around the challenges they have in life that we need to be there to help solve. Um, and the challenges and the experiences. So we use um, that kind of data. And obviously, the more 
the technology now available to do, you know, record all the calls, speech to text analytics, um, and, you know, speech, and then do you know text mining and text analytics to really hear the emotion and the pain points and what you need to do, so you can leverage much more information than you could before. And similarly, being a digital company that focuses on great digital experiences and being blessed with having the you know a customer base that is more skewed um, millennial than any other insurance company, it allows us to really interact differently from a social standpoint and really get that feedback. Our customers expect to be able to almost engage in um, creating the company that they want to do business with in making it better and giving feedback. And, and it's critical that we have the opportunity to listen to that and do things with that. And I think that's, it's harder for a lot of companies that aren't as direct and as connected to their customers to get that same kind of co-creation of kind of the future journey. Sure, I would imagine so. And I think that it is, it's, I mentioned at the beginning of the question, is that how does it perhaps play an advantage? I think it absolutely does play to an advantage, and I appreciate your explanation of that of that further. Uh, and also just the, the transparency, I think, that comes with directing consumer anything. And to, to speak to your point, I think does, you know, beyond just, you're not covering up the ills of a, of a of a company or a brand, but I mean, it just it feels, and perhaps it's because perhaps I'm part of part of the younger generations. It just it feels more real and it feels more authentic. And on that note, and to speak towards the end of your answer today, how how are you leveraging other than taking in uh, you know suggestions for improvement, and that's very important. Asking questions. How do you leverage your, your customer base or, or fan base, perhaps potential customers, you know, who, who choose every day to protect their assets through you uh, to grow this sort of influence in, in an authentic way? I've seen some content on social and I, and I perhaps we could talk about that, but just in the way of, you know, amplifying the voices of these folks, how does that play out today for your team? You know, um, you know, as you highlighted social, um, is very important for us in how we can engage with our customers and potential prospects. Um, you know, whether it's servicing through social or just communicating and discussing. So whether it's through, you know, Facebook or Twitter or, you know, however we, um, customers choose to connect with us, we want to make sure that a, um, we're responding to any, questions, concerns right away. So we obviously constantly monitoring, constantly responding, but really creating, doing our best to create um, sort of transparent and open conversations. Obviously, there are lots of times when you're doing servicing where now you've suddenly got private information, and so we try to you know make sure we address that and pull that offline to protect that. But when customers are uh, either when they're happy or when they're not, um, our ability to bring those uh, input into being more visible. So how do you bring it onto your platform to show reviews and comments? How do you, um, you know, create campaigns? You know, obviously one of the uh, one of the things from an in- 
an insurance standpoint is you want customers to be able to say, I had a great experience. My claim was handled great. It was so easy to do this. And also you need, you want customers to be able to feel like it was personalized for them and, and that they were able to sort of, particularly in this direct business, they made it their own. They created their own solution that was just what they needed and they feel confident in that choice and they feel protected and confident. And so we've done, you know, a number of things around. We had, a, we've had a, a campaign on social around, um, you know, kind of made it mine, made it my own. Here's what I needed. Here's why. A few years ago, we had a campaign, um, a marketing campaign that was around. We called it sort of sort of you, which is really saying, um, you should, it really should be your own. You should make it your own, exactly what you need. Don't pay for anything more, but make sure you have what you need. And that's really hard to do in the direct space unless we are really clear about what things mean and why it means and the choices you can make. But then your ability now to actually truly make it your own, and then how do we reinforce that in in social? Um, and obviously, we also did it through influencers. So... Um, we, you know, we worked with multiple sort of social influences who were able to, to look at, you know, how their life, their, their, um, what was important to them and how they could tell a story that also connected to, um, what insurance was doing and, and what we were trying to create. So I think there's multiple ways. I think you'll, you know, I think one of the things we're really now trying to get to even more so is make it more make it more personal, not just through our customers, but also through our team members. So our ability to actually have our president, for example, actually write the, write the blog and talk about what he's trying to achieve and where his team members and what they're doing and why that's important. Or you may want, I've seen actually our most recent TV, one of our most recent TV commercials where Dennis Quaid, our new spokesperson, um, actually points at the end and says, you know, you don't need to believe me, believe this real insurance employee, Nancy, and then shows Nancy at insurance.com as her email address. Well, Nancy is a real member of my team, and it's incredible the response we've had from customers sending emails, interacting with us, asking, um, you know, suggestions on how to make things better, but also how do we um, benefit from this? What else is there? And we, we personally respond to every single one of those emails. Um, and that to me that creating that engagement and conversation is what helps lead us forward. So, yeah, I, and that's a fantastic story, by the way, um, to have sort of your, your, your spokesperson, you're combining sort of that you know, I think probably the more produced element through through Dennis Quaid, and I, I'm really interested in that in that sort of partnership as well. But to point to, you know, the, at the most grassroots level, say, okay, well, here's here's one of our own team members. Don't don't believe me. Believe somebody else. And you know, whether you're doing that through a team member there, and uh, or, or you could probably expand that at some point to to customers. Not that specific idea, but that idea uh, of connecting people and saying, you know, you, you don't have to believe what I'm saying as the big brand coming down to you on your TV ad, like here's somebody who's actually been benefited from this and like take, take their word for it. And that, that gets right to the heart. And so I, I love that, sir. That's, that's, uh, that's really great. And I'm glad, uh, I'm glad that, that there was that, 
that connection there and, and also glad that people responded to it really well, as it sounds like. I wanted to, you know, stemming off from that, ask towards the end here, and I did, I'm going to, I was planning on flipping some questions. I was going to say, well, what do you like the most about Dennis Quaid and what do you bring? Maybe I'll start with that and then I'll talk about, you know, tips that you have based on 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 your journey here at eSurance about how to become more authentic for somebody who's starting out. But let me flip it for a second. Now that you've brought it up, what's it been like having Dennis Quaid in and, and, and uh, you know, because when I see those commercials, you say, oh, well, all the studies said that I was highly relatable and that's great. And so he's got this sort of like charming smile and he goes through the commercial and, you know, it's it's something that is, well, relatable. But I'm curious, like, what what's the best part been about working with, with him in that partnership? Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, Dennis has actually been, I mean, a truly terrific partner. You know, when we were looking and thinking about how do you, you know, finding the right spokesperson, we wanted someone who was, you know, was recognizable, but was obviously um, and likable in what they brought, but who was a great actor with just a touch of humor to be able to pull off kind of that campaign and, and the concept of sort of breaking through the fourth wall and showing behind the scenes because if if we're going to be transparent in insurance we want to be transparent in our advertising as well and so when we reached out to um to dennis he, you know he hadn't actually done any commercials before and he said you know if i'm going to do this and make this my core partnership i want to understand the company i want to understand the people i want to understand the journey you're on and so he first said, I got to become a customer, which he did. And then we had a chance to just sit down with him over a couple of meals and just chat about the company and what we're trying to achieve in the journey and how it fit with him and who he wanted to be. And so that connection of, um, I think just has made all of the, the advertising better because he, he cares about the outcome as well. It's not just I'm an actor doing this. He's he's a believer in the journey. He, you know, he made a personal trip to our headquarters location in San Francisco because he wanted to meet the team. And he spent like three hours walking around and taking selfies with every employee in the building. And that was all just on his own. And that to me is a a great example of just who he is a per, as a person but how much that connects to who we want to be as a brand as well. And so that to me is what I've loved the most with of working with him is just that um, passion around each thing he does and his desire to have that personal connection. I mean, one just a little side story is in one of our spots, he's, you'll see him coming down a, a water slide at a water park and part of what he wanted, he says, I'm enjoying this so much, I want my kids involved. So the writing in the back behind him are, his, are actually his kids because he said, I want them in this as well. So that to me is that example of a, of a passionate, um, passionate in everything he does, but loving what he does and, and believing in what he does, which is great. Yeah, it's an incredibly, I mean, and that, that's another point, and that's now two, two stories there, and I'm really glad that that has created such, such a, a deep connection there, and, and I'm also glad, and it's, I think it's refreshing to hear, even though I have no other frame of reference to know that somebody that you are working with who's such a large talent like that uh, made sure to get as involved with the story and as embedded with you as possible before 
executing on some of these things, which have turned into some really wonderful assets. Uh, so that is that. That's great to hear. I'm so glad that that that's how that that's how the partnership bore its fruit. To wrap up, I have one last question, and that question is just around advice. The advice for anybody out there who um, perhaps is thinking about their own industry or the niche in which they sit and they see maybe not problems but pain points that they'd like to try and get over and at the same time they they are conscious of consumers and they want to be sure that they're developing relationships on as personalized a basis as possible from as early on as possible. Based on your experience at eAssurance and what you have done to grow this brand, what sort of advice would you give to that that burgeoning marketer or or burgeoning uh, just mind to give them a head start on how to become a little more authentic in their storytelling? So I'd say there's a couple of them for me. Um, the first of those, obviously, is get close to your customers and consumers and listen to them as closely as you can, and then ask the next layer of questions. And what I mean by that is we do market research. I have the, you know, I listen to phone calls. I, um, with our customers, I spend pretty much a couple of hours a week in either reading feedback, listening to calls, um, because you want to keep that, that connection and the touch and have it be real and, truly hear the emotional impact that you have as a company. But but what I mean by go deeper is a lot of times you will hear the surface things. The I, I want to save money, I want to save time, I want to reduce the hassle. I, it's not until you ask another layer and another layer of questions that get to and you've used the term a couple of times, the storytelling, the what's really behind that and what matters. And so you know, why is that important? And how does that make you feel? And it's when you get to the, how does it make you feel that you start to get to that authentic connection to a customer that then you have an opportunity to deliver a product or a service or a message that actually connects at that level because, you know, we started at that. Yeah. I want to save money. I want to be protected. And then you sort of took it a layer deeper to say, well, what's wrong with it? It's, it's, here's what I feel about the, the complexity and the confusion and why it's expensive. And then we sort of took it a, a layer deeper than that. It was like, well, it feels like a one-sided relationship. It's painful. It's, I'm uncertain whether I'm really protected. I don't really understand this. And once you got down a few layers to these core emotions, now you can get to, okay, how do I go solve this? How do I keep a connection with consumers and keep it at that deeper level? And so when, when, so even when we originally said, we said, well, let's, you know, we can be, we want to deliver simple. We don't want to deliver transparent. We want to deliver affordable, but we realized those are still these, 
they're not emotional, they're not the they're sort of tangible functional benefits, but they don't get to the core. So then getting to the surprisingly painless and understanding the emotional level of what that means has helped actually create much more con- connection with our consumers, but also create much more connection with our team members because now they're part of a a journey that's bigger. They're part of a journey that matters more and they bring a different passion to solving it as well. So what I would say is, you know, so that's that really listen, but go two levels deeper, keep asking the why get to the core so that then you can really deliver messaging that authentically connects and always test back that messaging as well. So whether that's, you know, we put, let's say for all of our TV ads, we would put, we put through customer focus groups and panels and what would they change and what's missing and why and how do they respond to it and make the tweaks before they go. But in digital, you can do that a lot faster. You put forward, you know, 40 versions of the digital spots with different words and you very quickly see which ones customers respond to or not. And then you shift towards that and then you leverage that in other places. And it is that really that constant conversation um, with our consumers getting to that, that emotional level that is what helps us connect better. To always be asking the question, why going deeper, test, test, test. That's some great advice. Really appreciate uh, you giving me that. And for your listener, for our listeners here on the show, uh, I hope you take some of this advice to heart and check out what eSurance is doing. I mean, really is changing the game for how it's communicating with people and how it's positioning itself uh, in a world that for many, many, many years was the same. And now, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, might be considered old style. How to get direct to consumer is very interesting here. And Mark, Thanks so much for joining us and sharing your insight. It was a pleasure to have you. It was my pleasure, Adam. Thank you. Thanks to Mark Pitchford for being on the show with us today. Really appreciated our active conversation and can't wait to see more of what eSurance brings to the table when it comes to spreading their authentic influence. If you, the listener, enjoyed today's show and want to hear more, there are a number of ways you can do that. You can be subscribed across iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts, or you can check out the new section of our website, vavoom.co slash podcast. Head over there to hear all of our previous episodes in one place. And if after doing that, you have some feedback, you'd like to register with us about how much you love the show, what you'd like to hear more of, feel free to do that as well by leaving a rating and review on iTunes or again, anywhere else you might listen. I'll be back again in two weeks time to share another story about how another top marketing mind is bringing more authenticity into their storytelling and overall mission. Until then, for Authentic Influence, I've been your host, Adam Connor, and you'll hear from me again next time.